Yo, 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 what up, guys? This is the Tony and Dakota podcast. We've got about 27 minutes here before I have to go to a meeting with a tax accountant. So we're going to uh, talk to you guys about uh, what we've been learning. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I was I was going to talk about my takeaways from the... Uh, we, Dakota and I are both part of Arete, uh, which is the Greek word for excellence. It's a group that Ed Milet and Andy Frisilla started, uh, and uh, we were on that coaching call yesterday, and they were just doing a question and answer. I wasn't sure if I was going to get very much value out of it, and then there's always like one or two things that you take away that's like, wow, that's a game changer. I'm glad I listened to the entire call. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the big one for me was uh, accountability. I guess I'll start. I was going to ask you to start. Yeah, I'll just go. So the big one for me was accountability, and uh, I always thought of how cool it would be and how much it would suck at the same time to have somebody just follow me around with a camera all day, because it seems like that's what Gary Vee does and just creates an enormous amount of content out of it. Like, what would my life look like if I just had somebody with a camera following me around and documenting everything that I was doing? Uh, Ed Milet talked about how, like, hey, if I was working out in the gym, and you had a camera on me and you were watching me, I knew the entire world was watching, I'd probably stay a little bit longer. Like, I have a lot of integrity to begin with, but I'd probably, you know, do a few more reps and uh, make it make it look, uh, look like I was doing everything that I possibly could, which is the way that uh, a lot of us could, could be. Um, and ultimately, you'd end up being more successful in your relationships and your family and your business. So that was my takeaway from the call last night. Yeah, I've thought I've thought a lot about um, if I've ever had anybody to push me, and I was like, man, I've never really had anybody push me at all in my life. Everybody else is always like, oh, you're doing fine, and you're doing this, and then it might also be that I don't really like people tell me what to do either. But I actually don't mind it when people push me to do more. I think that is kind of fun and something that I've never had. So. Yeah, it's something that I've always kind of wanted a little bit, like an actual coach or somebody to be like, all right, like, I know you can do more, but yeah, I've never, never really had that. So, yeah, that was what that just made me think of. But at the end of the call, it talked a lot about, um, or somebody had a question about if you should take on debt in business or not. And uh, I've been having mixed feelings about debt lately. And just like debt, debt is stressful in some ways and it's so useful as well. So uh, yeah, that was basically what I was uh, thinking about a lot. I was like thinking about if it makes sense to take on debt and basically the way that Ed and Andy described it is if somebody uh, you know asked for an order of like, let's just say a million of your product and you don't have the money to fulfill that order but you have to basically front the money but you already have it sold on the back end, should you take on debt to do that? The answer is obviously yes, because it's already sold. So that's a little bit easier of a concept, I feel like, than, you know, with houses and if we should take debt on or not. But, um, yeah, what do you think, Tony? Well, I think that depending on your viewpoint and your perspective and that sort of thing and who you listen to, you know, I think Dave Ramsey fans look at debt as slavery. And there is a certain amount of like, oh, thank you, good and loyal servant, for making your payment every month. Like, you're serving the banks. You're making somebody wealthy. 
And we talked about pyramid schemes before and how everything in life is a pyramid scheme. Everybody's always going to be making some sort of money off of you. And the, the value that the banks offer to society is the ability to use money that doesn't even exist yet. <laughs> yeah. And they make money off of bets, which is believing that you're going to be a reliable servant. That's what your credit score is. You're a reliable servant. You're the most reliable servant. If you have an 800 credit score, there's a really good chance you're going to pay them back. And it is a form of slavery. I think it says that in the Bible, too. Like, oh, uh, no man, anything. Yeah, yeah. So there's like all of this, you know, woo woo stuff around having debt. Debt is also an incredible tool, it's one of the best tools. It's one of the, like, if fortune favors the brave, then debt is like your sword. It's like a double-edged sword. Like, yeah. you're killing yourself to to kill it in the game. <laughs> like, you're hurting yourself to, like, do great stuff. Like, it's a, it's a necessary sacrifice. And I think one of the reasons why people end up being successful that end up leveraging this tool is like understanding and fearing it at the same time. Not, well, we, there's still some like chance that you're over leveraging stuff when you're being brave and you're being bold, but Dakota and I try to do the best that we can to put off gratification and still end up occasionally misspending some money here and there, but for the most part, every dollar that we put into the business, we're like, okay, is this going to make us more money? How is it going to make us more money? And we try to at least justify it. I mean, everybody justifies the way that they spend right. their money. So I don't know. Yeah. Cause that, that's something else that I look at too, that I was listening to another video this morning. Cause like, you know, I've been feeling like, all right, should we try to start paying off some stuff? And then I start to try to like think about it logically. And so then I'm talking, listening to this other guy this morning and he's talking about, you know, there's 3% inflation. And so if you got a 3% interest rate, then it's a no brainer and that you should, uh, um, you know, definitely take it on. Um, so our logo for a second. Yeah. So I'm like, that does make a lot of sense. And then obviously like, you know, money is just, you know, they're printing a bunch more of it. So it's obviously going down in value, which we've talked a lot about, but yeah, I'm just always like, man, how much, how much it does add stress. Like, so I'm like, how much can I freaking add on to this stress or to this debt? Because I'm like on my personal life, I want it all paid off. I like, don't even care how, what the rate is for some reason. So like my car is at 1.99 now it was actually lower than that but i got it higher just to get another property so we refinance at a higher rate which is freaking crazy um but it's a lower payment because i paid it down and then we could have got another house so that made more sense for like net worth wise but uh yeah i just want to pay it off so bad for no reason basically and then i look at it logically and it doesn't make sense but emotionally, for some reason, I want to. So yeah, I was just like thinking about that with the business. I was like, what we're doing is very strategic and makes a lot of sense, but it's also like stressful. And that's what Ed and Andy talked about um, is that they don't have any debt on anything and they feel a lot better about it. And I'm like, man, we're definitely not to that point where we're just like, all right, we're just gonna start paying everything off. But at the same time, I can understand how that would provide a whole lot less stress uh on you as a person or like as a business because if we had no debt i mean we'd be sitting really good but 
at the same time, if we had no debt, we wouldn't have any of the properties that we have. We'd have uh, uh, maybe maybe at this point, three and a half years in, we might have five properties. Yeah. Well, I guess if we flipped them all. Nah, I mean, we'd spend it on marketing and stuff. So yeah, we'd probably have like somewhere between five and 10 properties if we did not use any debt at all and we built it all with cash. Yeah, we wouldn't have much of a business either. Like we wouldn't have a business in the way that, you know, I'm fortunate that uh, at, at a point Dakota was like, hey, just stop going from job to job. You've been doing it. Every time you get a job, you're only there for three months. Um, just quit and try to make money for the business because that's what you'd actually like to do. So I wouldn't have that freedom. Um, and then I've got like some really valuable time with my daughter that I can't get back otherwise. Um, so when you don't borrow the money, like I, I think of it like this sometimes too. Um, this is an idea that just came to me now as we're talking, which is funny. <laughs> but uh, time is the most valuable asset. So like if you can use money to buy time and still manage to pay the bill every month and it's getting you closer to where you need to go in order to be the best version of yourself and like have the best business that you can have and have the best family that you can have and create the future that you want and you have a really specific vision then I think the answer is always yes. But it is funny, you were pointing out, like I always go around with this uh, idea or philosophy or it, it might be more of a pessimistic idea, but just that uh, everyone's a hypocrite. So I think that's what you were pointing toward is like, man, it feels really good to pay off my personal debt. Like I keep track of my personal net worth just to kind of know where I'm at as an individual. So in a way, I mean, I still fear and respect debt and would really like to, in a personal way, have it all gone. It does feel different when you have a business and it has its own personhood, its own identity yeah. and its own, it's its own monster. And you just keep feeding the monster because you know that ultimately it's going to pay off and feed you and provide for your family, buy you more time and more freedom. But on a personal level, it's like, ooh, debt's scary. Yeah, um, for me, it's it's basically both. I mean, I feel it with both. I'm like, it's interesting that I live in one philosophy on like personal and then business. I'm like, all right, take my personal and just throw it out the window. We're gonna do the exact opposite, except for whenever I do it with personal, I guess it's more, you know, stuff. The, 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 I guess, let me say this. The other thing that I like about doing it with a business is that that actually helps us out on our taxes. We paid zero in taxes if we take on that debt because now that debt is actually showing that we're losing money even though it's actually building us our net worth over time because the uh, asset's appreciating and it's getting paid down. And your personal life, the only thing that you get to write off is your house, which is why you should never pay off your house. That's a funny joke that... Uh, Tony's mom told us, I mean, years ago, she said, you should never pay off your house. Her, we're like, what? her advice comes from her predicament at the time. So she just makes stuff up according to whatever she happens to be doing at the moment. <laughs> yeah. So she said, like, don't ever pay off your house. And I'm like, all right. But um, yeah, so like that is one thing that I'm like, that is another reason why debt, I feel like, does make sense is that, uh, you know, you you can write it off, which does help on your businesses, which will help your net worth, but it's kind of like putting a piggy bank the only other thing i wanted to mention was uh you talked about like um hiring basically you talked about buying more time and that's what i kind of think about whenever i'm like thinking about hiring people i'm like okay so we're hiring people that should either do one of two things that should like 
keep our profit the same and then give us more free time or it should increase our profit. And if it's not doing one of those things, then we probably didn't do a very good hire at that point or actually like add the right person. But that's that's what I look at is if we can stay exactly the same and then hire people, still make the same amount of profit and we get more free time, like I would do that all day because I feel like I'm like still working a lot. But I think there's still an element of patience there too that they talk about in Arate. So the... The syndicate that Ed Milet and Andy Frisella uh, were were part of that group, and something that they stress is not knowing if you made the right hire for how long did they say six weeks or six months or something like that. Um, yeah, I think it was. I can't remember. It was, I think it was six weeks, but so they're they're basically saying like, hey guys, you're not going to know if you hired the right person for a while. You need to be patient. You need to wait that out. Uh, especially having like that long-term vision. I've gotten better at it more recently. I'm still incredibly impatient with like 90% of things, but but that's one of those things. Uh, if you're watching this podcast and you're like, wow, Tony and Dakota hire things. They just hire the right people every single time. They just, everything's working well for them. They've got it all going on. It's like, nah, we still don't know. Like you still, we still don't know like if we're, uh, if the business has enough money in the bank account, we still don't know if we're if got the we right systems in place. The, yeah, if it's on our end, or if it's the people that we hire, or if it's you know on uh, our. I mean, ultimately, everything is our responsibility. Yeah. We have to figure out how to keep growing, keep pivoting, uh, figuring out problems and that sort of thing. But yeah, um, it is funny because people talk about you know like how did you guys find your contractors and stuff. I'll I'll tell you how we found our contractors. Um, from the first contractor. So we bought a house. Well, you found him on Facebook. Yeah. Well, I went to middle school with a guy, um, but we bought a house for three grand and instead of wholesaling it, which if you guys don't know what wholesaling is, it means you just buy it, sell it and you don't do anything for like, you know, rehab. We should have just wholesaled it and we would have made probably, uh, probably the same amount of money as we did. But anyway, hired a contractor because we're like, all right, let's do a flip. He did amazing. It was awesome. He did a really good job. Got it done like very quickly for the amount of work that he needed to do. The work was like beautiful. It was like perfect. We're like, dude, this guy is a beast. I and we, like, we straight up trusted him too. We he just he gave us his spiel about who he was, about what he was about. He had his his business. You know, it seemed like he was a business mindset guy. We paid him his what he needed up front. And then we paid him incrementally as he finished the job. There was a little bit of a change order at the end. We gave him a little bit more money than we agreed to, but we were like, hey, that's contractors. It took a little bit longer than he said it was going to, but we're like, man, that's just contractors for you. He did exactly like we would have expected a regular general contractor to do, and his quality of work was great. Yeah. So that was the good. And then... The bad was the next project. So the next project, he asked us for $10,000 to get started because he's going from one to the other. We're like, cool, we'll do that for sure. We'll, uh, here's 10 grand, like buy the materials. Or maybe it wasn't 10, maybe it was five. We do it in different increments now. Maybe it was five. So I think it was $5,000 to get started. And then he didn't get started for a couple months because he said it kept raining and he was planning on doing the outside. So he's like, I need another five grand to do the inside. We're like, all right cool here's another five grand so we gave him another five 
And then he asked for 2000 to do a roof in Toledo. And so we gave him another two. On a different project. Yeah, different, different property, different project out in Toledo, Ohio. So anyway, after all of that, um, he ended up, after eight months, we were like, well, I kept trying to, like, push it along, and he kept, like, lying and lying and lying and saying, like, hey, I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it. And Tony's like, dude, we should, like, Tony was, like, ready to fire this guy, like, three months in, and I kept pushing it along because I was, like, really hoping it was going to work out. Um, but anyway, we ended up firing him, and then we had to get in a lawsuit. But the way that we found our contractor was he worked for that guy. So that was the way we found our first guy. Um, and... Yeah, he did all the work on that first house. Well, not, I don't know about all of it, but he said that he did a lot of the majority of that work. And, uh, yeah, he's a beast. He knows how to do basically everything, like roofing, flooring, drywall, a little bit of plumbing, a little bit of electrical. So, like, you know, the basics of everything. So it was really nice. So we we uh, we took a risk, and honestly, it was scary. And uh, I remember Tony really didn't want to do it because we're paying this guy a significant amount, and we're like, dude, like, was double what we were paying ourselves hourly yeah so so that we were going to hire this guy and dakota's like i know that it's going to work out i know that like ultimately this is what we need to do and this guy can do everything and i was just like man that's a lot of money though like that's quite a bit that's like that's like both of us together how much dakota and i are paying ourselves together hourly and uh i i always uh, for the most part in the business, I'm kind of like, uh, I don't know if we're ready for that yet. And then Dakota's kind of like, I, I think that we're that we're ready for it. But I'm also kind of slow to trust people too, which is like kind of funny. We balance each other out a lot, um, in a lot of different ways too. A lot of a lot of the things that we do. Um, but Dakota was right and ended up being a great choice. And uh, we, that's how we found our contractor. So when people are like, Hey, how'd you guys find your contractor? It's like through any means necessary. It doesn't matter what the mechanism is. It doesn't matter if it's in, I mean, my advice would probably be make posts on your personal Facebook, make posts on your business page, make posts on Facebook marketplace, listed as a job on Facebook, listed on Craigslist, listed on Instagram, just put so much, get so much heat on it that you have choices and then learn how to like uh, either sit down with those people and have discussions about the possibility of hiring them, but like get clear about what you want and your expectations. I would always, especially if you're going to hire a contractor, contractors are a whole friggin' uh, subreddit, <laughs> but uh, contractors in general, you need a contract and you have to establish expectations and hopefully you find one that's a little bit agreeable. There's one guy I don't know if we'll ever work with again because he was so disagreeable, Hopefully you can find a contractor that's more agreeable and get them to, like, I don't know, that, that one dude that did the Austin house. Like, he's super agreeable. I, yeah. I love working with him. Um, create a contract. Make sure you use a contract. Make sure you have time expectations and make sure there's a penalty per day for every day they go over the expected time to actually finish the project. Yep. And then uh, the way that we found our other contractors was uh, the guy just brought on a lot of his friends because contractors are usually friends with other contractors or they worked with them before or something like that. So we just brought on some of his friends and, uh, you know, it wasn't just all easy. Like we went through some other contractors from then on out. And then another issue that we ran into uh, was, you know, a guy wanted paid more 
And we're like, okay, well, I don't really know if that makes sense at this time because he wasn't even working 40 hours a week saying he was struggling and stuff. We're like, okay, well, like if you're really struggling, then like work more hours and, uh, you know, like show that it's actually worth it. Because for us, if, if we're going to pay you more, it has to be more valuable. You have to make the business more money. Otherwise, it doesn't really make sense to pay you a whole lot more unless we're not paying you at your skill level at that point. Then we obviously should pay more. So that's basically how we looked at it. And uh, long story short is the guy thought that we were screwing him um, based on the amount of profit that we made on the house that he worked on. Um, So it's interesting to me how many contractors think that, like, obviously the quality of the work is important. There's no question about that. But also how much you bought that property for to begin with is a huge portion I mean, if not all of it, I mean, honestly, it's like, you know, I would say what you bought the property for is about 90% of your profitability. The extra 10%, you know, maybe you did things, you know, with quartz countertops instead of, you know, just laminate, then maybe you can get another 10%. But at the end of the day, it's more about what you bought the property for that your profit is actually going to be based off of, not necessarily what finishes you did. It's more the area, the house size, the square footage and what you bought it for and how much you actually have in it is going to be your profitability but i think that a lot of contractors think that you know you go buy a house off the market you fix it up you sell it for a lot more money and that's definitely not the case so yeah we just had some issues with some contractors had to actually end up firing that guy he was pretty upset and uh we went through a couple other contractors some of them lasted a day or two um, you know, some of them lasted a couple months, but we've been through a lot of contractors and even managing the ones that we have now is, you know, sometimes difficult just because, you know, if you don't actually like, we're not focused on going into every single property all the time and like saying, Hey, you're going to do this. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. It's more like we kind of let them do what they want. So yeah, managing the contractors is, uh, definitely difficult, but we got some really good guys that work for us now. we got a couple other crews and we got, AG rentals helping us out. So shout out to them. Um, and yeah, we got three crews going and a lot of projects. So I don't know how important this is uh, and who's watching and that sort of thing, but I think it's super important to. I, I was at the thing that brought this up in my head. Uh, my daughter has a babysitter. And the babysitter raised her weekly rate, and her weekly rate was already like stupid cheap compared to what childcare usually is. But she'd already raised her her weekly rate, and now she's saying that she needs paid even on the days that Presley isn't at daycare, which is something also like fairly normal for daycares to do. Just that me paying people as 1099 employees, I kind of expect people to only get paid for the days that they work. So even if it is still affordable. It feels like I'm getting cheated, and I feel like a way to, uh, like, there's a lesson in that for people when you're going to get hired would be to stick more to the rate that you want, but then you have to be able to justify it by adding value, like everything in life is sales. So if she was able to, like, create a value add or come up with some reason why she should or, like, explain it to me, I'm a a lot more likely to be like... Okay, I get it. Like, I'll fight it, but I'll get it. Now I feel more cheated, even though it's probably still a reasonable price because I was getting, like, a hella discount before. Now I feel like I'm getting cheated because it's like, hey, we're raising the price. I'm not getting anything else. What's going on? Right. Yeah, I would would be okay with raising the price on something like that, but it definitely 
to me, it doesn't make sense to pay her for the days that she's not there either. It's like, that doesn't make any sense. So Teachers get paid all year round. Um, <laughs> they get paid the same amount. It, I mean, it's a salary, though. That's the difference. Is there a salary base that, you know, is that basically what she's asking for? Is like, at that point, like. That's what I told her. I was like, hey, you're getting paid under the table right now. You know, I could 1099 you and, like, create Tony Moore LLC and, like. Write it off. 1099 her and instead of childcare, she could be uh, a, a nanny who also does administrative work for me yeah cool well i gotta jump on tax call here in about three minutes so that is it for today guys if you, you guys switch it over to you if you guys have any <laughs> questions let us know we'll love to help we are creating a course here soon so we're going to show you guys how to invest in real estate flip wholesale rentals all that stuff literally going to show you everything so stay tuned for more. Peace out.